the mind, the spirit, and the soul, and we must always cultivate the soul. The control panel's really messed up! You weaklings are no match for Naughty. See ya! Let's get this shit, let's get this shit, let's get this shit, let's Top of the morning, 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 top of the morning. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to another Nostalgia Side Review. So, if you can't tell by the title, this video we're going to begin to Tenchi Muyo Tenchi Universe. And whether or not this series was actually dope, or is it just nostalgia, clouding our judgments to live in the past and not realize things for what they really are, unnecessarily increasing the quality of something we grew up on just because of fond memories. I mean, honestly, nostalgia is a hell of a drug. So I took the time to rewatch this series in English dub in its entirety, not including the other Tenchi Muyo OVAs and seasons for you. Not me, you. Not me, not Hermione, you. But before we get into the video, please be sure to subscribe to the channel as well as hit the notification bell to get notified for more content that I put out. As well, if you've been enjoying the video, be sure to hit me with a like and leave a comment and let me know your thoughts on this series. So, without any further ado, let's just get into it, y'all. Cool, so let's get into a series that may be one of the first harem anime we've ever watched. There's plenty of slice of life anime such as Fruits Basket and Komi-san Can't Communicate, or harem building protagonists in anime such as the one from, uh, you know, Sora Online. <laughs> but Tenchi is an OG in the harem space, and it's not even as harem-y, if that even is a word. As you may remember, Tenchi Universe, known in Japan as Tenchi Muyo, is a 26-episode anime television series directed by Hiroshi Nageshi. It is the second major animated installment in the Tenchi Muyo franchise, succeeding the original Tenchi Muyo, Ryoki, and preceding Tenchi in Tokyo. While the story is loosely based on the first six episodes of Tenchi Muyo Ryoki, Tenchi Universe changes the personalities of certain characters. Now I know I just said Tenchi a lot of times, and trust me, there are a lot of different Tenchi series. I really had a hard time tracking down which one I actually watched growing up, and this was definitely one of them, but I do remember watching a different one, but Tenchi Universe is the one we'll be tackling, so back into more details. Tenchi Universe was originally broadcast on TV Tokyo from April 2nd, 1995 to September 24th, 1995. The English dub version of Tenchi Universe was originally aired on the San Jose, California PBS Superstation KTEH in late 1997 in its originally uncensored form as part of its Sunday late prom, which is, you know, 9pm to after 12am sci-fi programming block. In 2000, it was picked up by Cartoon Network for broadcast on its US and European Toonami block. The Toonami version was edited for content and featured custom opening and closing credits. Its first airing ran the day after the conclusion of Tenchi Muyo Rooki OVAs 1 and 2 from July 20th to August 24th, 2000. Tenchi in Tokyo began airing the next day. The fifth and final Toonami broadcast of Tenchi Universe ran from January 17th to February 21st, 2002. After Cartoon Network's rights to broadcast the show expired, the international channel picked up the rights to air the dubbed version in 2004. Both the Japanese and English versions of the Tenchi Muyo opening was performed by Sonya, and the ending, called Ginga de Chokiritsu Hoko, which means Walking Tall in the Milky Way, or Up Walking the Galaxy, Japanese version was performed by Ai Orikasa and Yumi Takada. 
English version performed by Diane Michelle. To be honest, the opening song is really, really, really good. It's It really gives that feel of the 90s. But that ending song, bro, that is a, that is a strong confidence that the, the singer has in some of the lyrics. And I'll slowly say some of the lyrics to you. When you go fishing, you catch a boot or some other trash. When you play at cards, you lose all your cash. You're so pathetic, you never win and you never will. Not the kind of girl who'd make any guy feel a thrill. Bro, what? It gets even spicier, bro. I'm sorry, you'll never be a goddess like me. Step aside, this is how it's gonna be. I'll get the guy, yes, I'm the one, who always win the day. I'm strong and I am beautiful. What more can I say? What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Bruh, the confidence that's in this ending song, I, I had to break it down that way. Because when you hear it, it sounds pretty. But it's pretty, pretty savage when you get down to it. But that's enough about the intro into the series and, you know, the intro and the ending song. Let's get more into the plot of Tenchi Muyo Tenchi Universe. So, here's the plot of Tenchi Muyo Tenchi Universe. Our hero, Tenchi Masaki, is a luckless hero who happens to attract many of intergalactic hijinks in Tenchi Universe, which is an alternate universe retelling of the original Tenchi canon. 17-year-old Tenchi Masaki is a regular guy whose life takes a turn for the bizarre when Ryoko, the baddie of a space pirate, crashes at his grandfather's shrine. From there, before he knew it, Tenchi finds himself surrounded by a cornucopia of chaotic, intergalactic, charming baddies who will do everything they can to make his life just a tad bit interesting. This story gives slice of life vibes, showing all the hijinks our characters deal with on a typical day-to-day -day being with each other while having this space adventure and space politics main plot that feels like a subplot driving the story forward. Our cast is driven by trying to find a way to clear the names of our princesses of the Jirai royal family, Aika and Sasami. From being framed and shunned by their family, all while they are being framed and hunted down by the galactic police. So let's get into some of the characters. Tension Universe is no surprise to great characters and honestly this misfit bunch that we have thrown together deliver diverse personality types as well as great depictions of strong female characters you don't see too often in fiction. Tenchi Masaki in Tenchi Universe, Tenchi is similar in personality to the Tenchi Muyo incarnation but has no powers beyond the ability to use Tenchi Ken which is you know the magic system power system of this world. Tenchi does attend school but it is a long commute for him because he lives at his family shrine in the mountains. He is pretty agreeable noble and straight-laced high school student who always wants to do the right thing and doesn't really seem to take much interest in women currently but always found himself in a precarious situation feeling flustered by the attention he gets now let's get into ryoko ryoko man ryoko is a space pirate she was introduced to tenchi by crash landing on earth during a dog fight with mahoshi tenchi found her and it was almost love at first sight at least for her we have no idea what origins are and that is never revealed ryoko can summon an energy sword and shoot key blasts and she can also fly teleport and make copies of herself. Ryoko is generally less powerful than Intenshi Muyo. She's very emotional and brash, but not as much as Intenshi Muyo. And she enjoys doing things to make Aika mad, which includes flirting with Tenchi. Ryoko also has Ryoki, her pet cabbage, which is like this cat, rabbit, animal thing, whatever, which can transform into a well-armed spaceship. She also has an arch rival, Nagi, who also has her own cabbage, a male named Kenoki, and the two rabbits, they got like a crush on each other, so... 
they be flirting and shit. This is interesting. I hope you're not a furry, because next up, we have Aika Masaki Jirai. Aika is a princess in the Jirai Ro family. She is normally shy and demure, but also seems to fall in love with Tenshi on the very first day she meets him. Aika was drawn to Earth by Mihoshi's distress signal, but once again, she finds Ryoko there as well, and a massive fight eventually occurs. In this series, the rivalry with Ryoko started back during their childhood, which is shown through a series of flashbacks, which both Aika and Ryoko are blaming each other for both of their problems, which is honestly a great gag that happens the whole way through. Though normally she's well-mannered, but a little stuck up and pretentious, Ryoko usually brings out the obnoxious and petty side of Aika. Aika has a shit called Ryo, which crash lands on Earth. However, it becomes incapable of flying when it begins to regenerate, taking root to the wreckage of her old shit. Honestly, there's a lot of o-o-o's and o-o-o-kies in this, so, you know, you might hear me stumbling. True and... Yeah, that's pretty true. Next up, we have Sasami Masaki Jirai. Sasami is Aika's little sister and a princess of Jirai, but there is no mention of her parents. Sasami is an accomplished cook. She's a very happy character and has an innocent outlook on life and does not use any special powers. She did have her own shit, but it was soon destroyed, stranding her on Earth. She is an expert games player, especially really good at fighting video games. So if you want to, you know, see her in a Street Fighter, check her out. You know, she might, she might smack. Next up, we have one of my faves, Mihoshi Kuramitsu. In this series, Mihoshi is partnered with Kione Makabe and is a part of Galaxy Police. She is in pursuit of Ryoko until they both crash land on Earth. Mihoshi is the comic relief and a dumb and ditzy character whose constant blunders would often cause trouble for the group, especially for Kione. Mihoshi is a very endearing and sweet character, but her troubles that she causes the group are on an elite level. I shit you not. The, the things that she causes to basically make life worse for the group is it's hilarious sometimes, bro. Next up, we have Washu Hakubi. Washu is what some would call a mad scientist, maybe? She was banished from the Universal Science Academy for producing weapons of mass destruction and was sent to Earth, imprisoned in the Masaki Shrine for 700 years until she was freed during a squabble involving, you know, Ryoko and Aeka. Washu is a, an egotistical mad scientist with two dolls named A and B that pop on her shoulders, you know, to proclaim her greatness and to cheer her on. They'd be like, Washu, you're a genius and you can do it, Washu, etc, etc, etc. Next up, we have Kioni Makabe, a first class galaxy police detective who graduated with the second highest marks in her year and because of her athletic and analytical skill commitment to police work and responsible nature she was deemed the cream of the galaxy police crop and among the best of the younger generation of galaxy police stuck with the unpredictable force that is miyoshi kuramitsu as her partner kioni's career suffers a lot and when I say a lot, I mean it really be, she be suffering, bro. And with that, she has become somewhat bitter and depressed with her misfortune, hoping that she can earn a promotion and transfer away from Mihoshi, which would ensure a much better prospect for her future. But despite the trouble Mihoshi has brought her, Kioni holds some, you know, hidden fondness for her partner. So I just rounded out all the women, but let's not forget about Tenchi's dad and his grandfather. First up, we have uh, Katsuhito Masaki, who is Tenchi's grandfather and is later revealed to be, spoiler alert for something that came out a long, long time ago, Yosho, and is a part of Jirai's royal family, along with being the greatest swordsman who has ever lived. While Ayaka and Sasami are from a distant branch of the imperial family, Yosho is a lineal descendant of the main line and is the rightful heir to the throne of Jirai. This also makes Tenchi the direct heir to the the throne. Eventually, he decided to leave Jirai and pursue his own interests after a battle with once close friend and rival Kagato. Upon arriving on Earth, Yosho met the Masaki family, who guarded the shrine, which coincidentally housed the great scientist.
scientist Washu and trained in order to take over as his guardian and Shinto priest. He took the name Kasuhito Masaki and fell in love with a member of the family named Isuki who would bear his daughter Achika Masaki, the mother of Tenchi. Kasuhito gives off usual wise grandfather in anime vibes that usually has a lot of pep to his step vibes also and is always aware of what is going on. Which makes sense since he wasn't even freaked out about all the women staying in his home and seemed not shocked that they came from outer space. And lastly, we have Tenchi's father, Nobuyuki Masaki, who is also Kasuhito's son-in-law. Though, he prefers to address Kasuhito as father since he married into the Masaki family. Nobuyuki's personality is very all about work since he's an architect, but is also very flirtatious and all about women at the same time, and gets excited for Tenchi at every turn there's a woman involved with him. Nobuyuki and Tenchi have always lived with Kasuhito. Nobuyuki constantly complains about the long commute and how he can't catch a break from work with so many development projects. So, now that I've given you plot of Tenchi Universe, as well as gave you a list of the characters. Now, let me get into my thoughts on Tenshi Universe. First off, let me start by saying, why are there so many damn Tenchis? Like I said before, picking the right one for this video had me feeling dumb. So I was struggling to find the right one. I don't know why I remember back in the day, it was like Tenchi Muyo I saw first or remember then Tenchi Universe was like a sequel or something. But then I went back and I'm like, hmm, did Tsunami air the OVAs as Tenchi Muyo then gave us Tenchi Universe? For the sake of this video and my time, I went with Tenchi Universe instead since I skimmed through the OVAs and don't remember that animation as a kid and Universe looked more familiar to what I remember. So apologies if it was the OVAs that aired first, but hey, my video, my rules. Sensational. The series opens with episode 1, No Need for Discussions. Tenchi finds Ryoko in the woods and she finesses him saying she's being chased by a space pirate in a mech suit. Definitely turned the damsel in distress trope on its head, with her landing in a foreign place running for pursuers. During the pursuit that Tenchi tries to help Ryoko get away from, the robot suit then falls flat on his face and Ryoko kicks it off the cliff effortlessly. After that, Ryoko and Tenchi run to Tenchi's grandfather and father and Tenchi is shown to be the sensible one and not fully trusting what just occurred, but his father and grandfather are ridiculous and just see a beautiful lady. You can smell the finesse in Ryoko from a mile away. She even at one point says, I thank you honorable father and bruh does Ryoko got me weak early on. Like she is hilarious from jump. And even in the episode, you see her playing video games in Tenchi's house and she gets welcomed into super easy. And what's even funnier is the game she's playing gives you a big hint of her biggest rival in the first episode. With all this going on in the first episode, Tenchi wants no parts of her lust. He's a better man than me, honestly. I, cause, shh, Ryoko. Nice! Call me. The robot then shows up to the house and Grandpa one hit kills it. Whole time watching that first, you're like, what is this old man's deal? But the robot mech suit opens up and it turns out to be another new character to add to the carnival, Mihoshi. I love me some Mihoshi, like I said. I know she's dumb, but she's endearing. Mihoshi ends up being stranded as well with Ryoko at Tenchi's house. But during the first episode, Ryoko gives a hint to how much power she has and decides to stay with Tenchi and whispers sexually in his ear that she's here for a good time, not a long time. She didn't actually say that, but honestly, she might as well have. It will be nice. I'm trying to get like you, Mabba. And Tenchi Father's a thirst bucket and hype that it's just women staying in their crib now. And that's episode one. And then the next episode we get No Need for a Princess. Which I will say, the naming conventions of all these episodes all start with No Need and then whatever they want to put with after. And I think that is super clever. I like it a lot actually. So with the next episode being No Need for a Princess, we get introduced to Princess Aika who's annoying to me from jump, bro. Aika's on her way back to playing Jirai and decides to stop off on Earth in response to a distress call sent by Mihoshi. But as soon 
soon as Ayaka Pete Ryoko was just there chilling, it was on sight for her. When she arrived, Mihoshi was begging to be saved, and Ryoko and Ayaka just are hilariously arguing the whole episode and fight because, you know, that's just what they do, especially because they just want tension to tension. By episode three, Sasami appears, which is fine, but her character barely does much. The real hijink ensues when Ryoko shows up with an egg and fakes being pregnant, basically, and said it's Tenchi's. And Grandpa was like, hmm, it looks like you gained some weight, Ryoko, like a savage. Like, bro, Grandpa, you bugged out. And then Tenchi Dad is like, huh, I'm thinking you slow on women, but you out here, son. Tenchi's tight, because, like, it's not his child, bro. Like, it's an egg. And Tenchi's like, I never hit that. Come to find out, later on in the episode, it hatches to Ryoko's pet, Ryoki. You know, the rabbit-cat hybrid thing I brought up earlier. But get this, Ryoki transforms into a goddamn ship, son. Like, I get it, it's anime. Anime, sometimes you be bugging. So, I'm not going to continue to give an episode-by-episode breakdown of the series, but I just wanted to give you a feel of some of the nonsense that occurs with these characters in the first three episodes, since a lot of people go by the three-episode rule for anime. Eventually, the rest of the cast is introduced. In episode four, Washu, our mad scientist, who was originally thought to be a goblin, was sealed in the cave at the Masaki Shrine 700 years ago due to her crazy experiments and gets freed because Ryoko was trying to make scary movie-type move jump scares date vibes with Tenchi. Sorry, I was all over the place with that one, but she did force Tenchi to go into this cave with her. And in episode 5, we find out that Mihoshi was reported missing by the GXP and presumed dead over a month ago. But then Kioni is sent to Earth to follow up on Mihoshi's disappearance with much reluctance to having to be partnered with her dumbass ever again. Kioni is horrified to learn that not only is Mihoshi alive and well, but is living quite happily with the wanted criminal Ryoko. Determined that the mission should not be a total waste of time, Kioni decides to arrest Ryoko while she has a chance. But with Mihoshi on hand to help, 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 you know, Mihoshi, aka she's gonna fuck this up. And of course with Aika wanting to see Ryoko get locked up, she tries to assist, but it all backfires and now Kioni is stuck with the crew. Honestly, most of the series, you feel bad for Kioni. She is a hard-working, independent, and strong woman who has an idiot partner like Mihoshi that just makes her work life harder and personal life harder in space and on Earth. And as the series continues, I am convinced that Ryoko is from Brooklyn because if you gave her a Nike Tech sweatsuit, you would swear she's a scammer. Honestly, these characters are so well ran and have great different personalities, and Tenchi is just the OD straight man, so he's whack. But it's not all fun and games for the first half of the series. There are some more darker and serious episodes like Washu's Horror House at the Carnival, which is kind of funny. But the rest of the episode goes back to being all jokes, so I lied. This series is just all fun and games. Same episode, it gets dark. We then watch Ayaka kick Ryoko, whole booth down, and then say how dare you to her. Like, <laughs> Ayaka is the one who fucked Ryoko's whole booth at this carnival up. Kicked the whole shit down, and then told Ryoko, how dare you? Bro, you the one who- that's no good. Son, Aika is hating it. Like, she just be... I, not, not my, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. I mean, putting aside my hate for Aika, the Ryoko and Aika beef is hilarious. The extent they go to being petty is, is crazy. And as noble as Aika is, you still can't believe her flashback stories completely over Ryoko's. You have no idea who's telling the truth about who screwed over who first as kids. Now, if you don't really get what I mean about these flashback jokes, let me explain the ongoing flashback joke. These two in every argument always flashback to why they hate each other and blaming the other one as to why they are like this to each other as if one caused the other trauma as a kid but they always make themselves look like a saint in the story but you know you can't trust either one of them and our main cast doesn't either around episode 9 things actually do start to get serious the episode opens up and it's snowing we get to see Tenchi and grandpa staring and not gonna lie Tenchi shows that he's fake nice at fighting but most of the episode really is somber as it shows to be a reflection episode for Tenchi his father and grandfather 
father. And they're all seeming to all remember Tenchi's mom because of the snow. But Tenchi is having a hard time remembering, but you realize how strong of a bond these three have formed since her death. But the ending of the episode hints OD that Tenchi is not from Earth. Also, Ryoko's, you know, nemesis Nagi shows up and the episode's dope, but the beef is quelled by the cats wanting to make the nasty with each other. Hashtag not a furry. God. But let me emphasize, Nagi is a savage. She even dragged Tenchi into town in a coffin, like a gangster. Like that was that was this is a cartoon. <laughs> but near the end of this episode, we get this line for Yoko, which you kind of feel like this will mean something later on. She says, "I've never ever regretted anything I've done in my entire life," and you feel like the gravitas of that statement meaning something more to the series for this character. I will say, I was a little disappointed at this point because we randomly go into this alternate universe storyline for episode 11 and 12 and it's kind of meh. Like, it got my hopes up thinking the story was about to take this dramatic turn, but that's my fault for accepting something the show isn't trying to be right now. But then, boom, we get to episode 14, no need for a rebellion. And this is where shit finally gets serious. We get a realization that it's been three months since the carnival arrived to Tenchi's crib. And by the carnival, we mean you know all the girls showed up and out of nowhere the whole house just gets snatched up by the Jirai's military. Sasami, Ryoko, and Ayaka are kept as prisoners because they have been labeled as traitors to Jirai and the rest of the crew decides to rescue them. Grandpa and Tenchi just begin busy washing guards up on the ship that they go on and Washu and the dad from a distance are like oh okay nice they got this. I like it a lot. They break them out fairly easily, but now they can't go back to Earth since they are on the run from Jirai and, you know, the Galaxy Police. While this all went down, Kioni and Mihoshi get back to Galaxy Police headquarters and immediately Kioni runs into one girl who is just a pure puta to her. Like, grade A puta. While Kioni is at headquarters, she finds out she's supposed to be getting promoted, but then it is told that Yosho took back the throne from Jirai from her superior and said Ayaka and Ryoko tried to do a coup for it. And honestly, if you don't know, my favorite word is coup d'etat. I love me a good coup d'etat. Hold up! Wait a minute! Not that I would ever do something like storm the capital. Like, I just like the word coup d'etat, but I would never do that. Eventually, we realize that the Galaxy Police is in cahoots with Yosho and Jirai, and they turn on Kioni and Mihoshi, because they think that, you know, they know where you Aika is, and the two of them get away in order to join back with the group. Shockingly, Mihoshi was the MVP here for their escape, so Mihoshi, you, you get some love there. Yes! Yes! From this point on, we kind of go back into the heavy slice of life comedy type structure since we are now shown the day to day of how our group is living while being on the run flying through space, while also trying to figure out why this is all happening. But they also have to figure out how to make money and get fooled. They spent it all on a karaoke system for the house, like bozos. Like, these characters do not make good decisions ever. And it's literally hilarious. They really remind me of 30-year-old millennials currently. Just saying. We, we buy a lot of dumb shit. That's true. That's pretty true. You see this statue. This is dumb shit. I didn't need this. It is what it is. It is what it is. I'll say one thing, in that club brothel episode, Grandpa really showed that he's some smooth ass nigga. But, you know, Nagi then shows up looking for info on Ryoko to fight her, and she has no idea that our crew is the one that's working in this bar, because they're in disguise, and she didn't even realize, you know, they just look like themselves. Some bounty hunter Nagi is, but... Oh, brother, this guy stinks! They all overcharged the hell out of her, and she was so mad. Like, she had no idea that she was gonna get overcharged like that. You gotta love these characters. They're petty. They're just, they're real. They really feel like real characters. At one point during these episodes, the ship broke down and they needed gas and food and they trust Ryoko to come back with food
food and she ends up drinking and gambling it all away on this vacation planet instead of making the 7-Eleven run for her starving friends on the ship. That's that's Ryoko. That's that's what she does. She lives her best life to the point where she needs to rob the location in order to get back the funds to actually have something to bring back to the squad. In which they are tight the whole time she had them waiting and starving. Not knowing what she was really doing the whole time. But they should have never trusted her anyway because that large amount of money you, you trusted Ryoko. And by the time she got back to the squad they realized that she was being chased by fucking police again. So regular Ryoko stuff. I've been doing a lot of praising but let me say this now. Episode 18 No Need for a Ghost where Sasami kicks it with the ghost all episode. Boring. Trash. Wasting my time. I don't care how hard this show tries and I don't think they do try that hard. I do not care about Sasami. Least favorite character. Least useful character. Like most useless character. Whatever. Useless. I don't even know why she's in this. From what I remember she's better in the other version of Tenchi but in Tenchi Universe don't even know why she's here. Oh brother this guy stinks! But it redeems it with a good old beach episode. Cause you know anime. Ooh, okay. We get the whole female cast in bathing suits, even Nagi, who wins the swimsuit competition against all of them. So, that's a thing. Hey you coward! Come back! Yeah! But now we start to reach the final couple episodes of our adventure. Episode 22, No Need for Knights. And our crew is in Jiraiyan territory and they are getting chased and go to this planet to get away that only Grandpa knew the directions to, but no one knew how. Eventually, we get the obvious that Grandfather is some type of Jiraiyan manstem. When at the Jiraiyan sacred grounds, he turns Kamadake and Azaka, you know, the two dudes in the floating wood things that I haven't talked about once. <laughs> I really haven't talked about them once, but there they usually use them for the eye catcher. It goes boop and they boop and then Ryoko shows up, but you know, whatever. They're fine. They don't really do much. But he changes the the wooden blocks into reincarnated ancient Jiraiyan warriors. And boom, here comes the revelation. Grandpa has been Yosho the whole time. And the person who we thought took over Jiraiya claiming to be Yosho is an imposter. What's funny is how when Tenchi dad was like, yo, why didn't you tell me? And then grandpa was like, yeah, sure. I'll tell my uh, daughter's earth husband I'm actually from space. That's it's valid. It's valid. Sounds like a real reason to not say anything. Okay. But this explains why grandpa is so nice at everything. And Tenchi is basically Ayaka's cousin, which... Yuck. Incest. That's no good. So this dude that was from the Jirai family faked like he was Yosho, who we find out from Grandpa that his real name is Kagato, pulls up on the planet where Kamadake and Azaka was resurrected and washes up Grandpa and Ryoko and takes Aieka. Like, Kagato just pulls up like boop, 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 nothing. After that, Tenchi ends up being helped by Washu as he has to come to terms that he's special and has to be the one to stop Kagato and save Aieka. She convinces him that he could wield a greater force of Jirai power than his grandfather. And of course, she ends up helping him with the rescue by disabling the Jirai fleet with a computer virus. Ryoko tries to beg Tenchi to choose to be with her instead of saving Aika because she knows he will die if he goes and Tenchi lets her down kind of gently and kept classy. I gotta respect that. And says he can't forsake Aika. Still incest. Just saying. Do it! Just do it! Ryoko then decides to still help Tenchi even though she don't fuck with Aieka. Also, Nagi ends up pulling up and helping Tenchi. Ryoko and the boys go to Jirai to save Aieka. But Ryoko is still badly injured from that ass whooping from Kagoto, And she's hiding it from Tenchi for his sake. And she gets them there on max effort bro but she decides to not go into the palace with them and seemingly dies on her shit with ryoko giving one of the saddest meows because that's what ryoki does she she meows a lot
So where shall we go next? What do you think, Ryogi? So when Tenchi and the boys arrive to Jirai to fight, the new guards of Jirai show up to stop them from reaching Kagoto, but in usual anime fashion, we get a good old fashioned, you go on ahead, I'll take care of this, from Kamadake for one guard and Azaka for the other, and Tenchi is sent to go alone to the throne room to shoot the ones. Honestly, a quick note on that fight they had with the guards, it's nice to see moves being used in anime with no names. Like I can't remember the last time I seen just like hands with no names for attacks being used. Like the moves are just being done and there's no special attack name to this technique or nothing they just OD and I mean like to the point of Azaka put a hole in homie's stomach that he fought straight up like like she she we then get to the final battle Tenchi versus Kagato a good old-fashioned lightsaber battle because you know I guess Jirai stood for Jedi maybe also check out obi-wan pretty pretty dope i'm joking but the name of the sword is called the tenchi sword great name guys you really really were creative with that one also kagato has a dark saber which is pretty clean not gonna lie he straight up tells tenchi so kill me like tenchi's like no you did all this stuff blah blah, blah. like i'm gonna stop you and kagato's like all right kill me then you have nothing to worry about all you have to do is defeat me and you can do whatever you want So, kill me. And Tenchi does try to go in for his swing and it is a complete failure. Kagoto just effortlessly knocks him back. Kagoto admits his plan all along was that he wants to end the direct bloodline of Jirai. But hmm, something weird happens. During this, Aika gets mad out of nowhere and she gets out easily. Which like, cool, fine, sure. Um, why hasn't she, why didn't she been do that? And she can also throw Hadoukens? Like, what the fuck? Where did that even come from? Like, she throws Hadoukens, but the Hadouken didn't do nothing to Kagoto. He just kind of, like, brushed that off. And then, you know, she gets one-shotted trying to protect Tenchi. Tenchi then screams she's going to protect Aika, and the Jirai tree reacts and changes the area to look like an earth forest. Tenchi then feels emboldened and stronger from Jirai's power, and him and Kagoto stand off, leading to Tenchi pulling out the win. And while losing, Kagoto sees a vision of Yosho and Tenchi. Honestly, the final fight scene was short, but pretty well done, all considered this hasn't been an action anime, really. Random note, though, 90s crying is so fucking funny in anime. Like, Aiko running into Tenchi's arms, like, the way they cried in the 90s in anime, not the best acting, I swear. Well, not the best voice acting. They could have done a little bit better. Tenchi! But honestly, after all this seriousness, it made me appreciate the lighthearted funniness of the early episodes. And the last episode preview was actually pretty well done, I'm not gonna lie. It was very somber and was really giving you like, hey, this is the final goodbye, like, heads up, this is it. The final episode is titled, No Need for Conclusion. And it's a great wrap up to appreciate the short but sweet journey. Tenchi basically is walking around, going about his normal day to day school life, reminiscing about the days the girls were all still on Earth, and swearing he's seeing visions of Ryoko's ghost. Which, for a second, I really thought she was dead, dead. But thank God Ryoko didn't actually die, because, whew. Had me shook for a second with all that imagery. Cause she shows up anyway, you know, where she originally met Tenchi. <laughs> also, Aika runs away back to Earth to be back with Tenchi after he decides to not stay on Jirai to rule. But honestly, Ryoko deserves Tenchi. And I know she's toxic for him. I know Ryoko's toxic. But come on, incest? It's nasty, Aika. And plus, Ryoko has done nothing but ride out for Tenchi, honestly. She 
she's a ride or die. And I feel like, you know, maybe Tenji could shape her up a little bit. I'm not saying she needs to be shaped up. She's really, really strong on her own, but I'm just saying. Hashtag Team Ryoko. But guys, don't worry. The whole crew comes back. The final line of the series are from Ryoko telling Tenchi. I'll tell you something, my Tenchi. You know the carnival comes and goes. If you wait for a while, it'll always come back to you, Tenchi. Which honestly, wow. Chef's kiss for ending dialogue. So, to wrap up this video, overall, do I think that Tenchi Muyo Tenchi Universe is actually good, or is it just nostalgia cloud and our judgments? You know what I think it is? Honestly, growing up, I never saw it in its entirety in order. Sometimes I would miss an episode after school, but I think that's what drew me in at the age, was seeing a young male character have girls thrown at him, and he just didn't seem to have any interest or know what to do with them. It was honestly baffling at the time, but now that I watch a lot of anime, I realize it is so much more commonplace now for me to see a male anime protagonist have a whole bunch of women he's not interested in be around him all the time. It honestly could be the thirstiness of men and trying to make it seem like they are not mere mortals and they would never give into temptation, but that's neither here nor there. There are plenty of anime out now that Death took inspiration from Tenchi Muyo, and it is still kind of a series that hasn't died since it has so many iterations like Tenchi in Tokyo and Tenchi Muyo Warren Gemini. Tenchi Muyo as a series has evolved a lot over time. And if I'm being honest, Tenchi Muyo Tenchi Universe as a series is that. It is great chaotic fun, solid music, doesn't try to get deeper than what it is, all while having those comedic slice of life moments, romance, and space adventure elements. Overall, I can give Tenchi Universe a 7 out of 10. And I totally recommend checking it out if you're looking for something short and sweet to watch. It's a good time. But let me know your thoughts on Tenchi Muyo Tenchi Universe in the comment section below. As well as you end up enjoying the video, be sure to hit me with a like. Also, be sure to subscribe to the channel as well as hit the notification bell to get notified for more content that I put out. Also, the next series I'm going to be doing for Nostalgia Side Reviews is Ham Taro. We love Ham Taro time. So, on that note, y'all. Enjoy your life. I'm feeling great and feel the vibe. I'm really grateful we alive. And I'm feeling great because lately I've been on the way to something great. And I'm feeling like as I create like every day and I'm on today.